All right, everybody, welcome in to another episode of the GOAT Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Robinson. I'm Walker Kirk. This is Nick Borden. And we're out here, man. We're out here. We're in the living room. We're not in the studio, but we are in the living room. Uh, we're watching a, a, a good b-ball game. We got uh, we got Auburn versus Nick's soon-to-be alma mater. As I'm sitting here wearing an Auburn shirt. <laughs> As he's sitting here wearing an Auburn shirt. Nick has not been super kind or super generous to uh, the University of North Alabama. Uh, I've been very kind. I've given them money. That's I get to say whatever I want after Thousands. that. <laughs> Thousands. Yeah, no, no, no. Thousands he, upon He <laughs> has supplemented his kindness with uh, the United States dollar, which I think is... It's okay. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. They love it. They love that's it. That's all they want from they me, lo- honestly. Call them whatever you want. Say whatever you want about them, but, the, you know, give them that USD bump. Miss. It's just so Bro. many travel. Yeah, that was a traveling oh. joke. I would like to say this. I was rolling the top of the basketball real fast. Just, you know, I'd like to honor the oh great Steph Curry. Greatest three-point shooter in the history of the game. Broke the record tonight. Broke rounds record. Got to watch it on TV. Really cool. Where are my Steph Curry ones right now? Shout out to him. Shut up. I got I got a I got a guy that I go to the gym with. I don't go to the gym. We go to the same gym at the same time. <laughs> I didn't give him uh, a shout out. What's his name? Shout out uh Trent Standridge. Shout out. What shout out to the man. He does uh he does insurance. So if you need Shout out Trent Sandwich, as Josh says. <laughs> Sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> Standridge. <laughs> Standridge. Uh if you need insurance of any sort, uh, I guess call him. I don't Does he like full disclosure? Property I, not a clue. Insurance. Not a clue. That's all you need to If know. you need insurance, contact him, Trent Standrich, Decatur, Alabama. Uh, if he can't help you, he'll be like, oh, "I'm sorry, I don't, I don't handle that." And you'll, he'll, he'll, he might point in the right direction. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. But anyways, uh, I go to the the gym around the same time, so we always chop it up, and he always, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be giving me the, the. He is very in on basketball, specifically the Golden State Warriors. So he really. Was, he gave me the lowdown on what's going on today, so he is he is in the same boat as Nick. He's like very fired fired up about this. So Trent, you're out there listening to this. Uh, I I am inviting you to come on the pod and chop it up with Nick. It might just be like a segment. We might just have you and Nick just chop it up for like 30 minutes and then get out. We'll, of we'll book in the uh, we'll book in the podcast with that. I don't know something else, but uh, yeah yeah. So there we go. There we go, gentlemen. Nice. Very busy weekend when it comes to mine and Walker's Auburn Tigers. You know, like we mentioned last week, we are going to the bowl game in a couple weeks. Two weeks today, actually. Very excited about that. Huge news coming out of Sunday. Absolutely huge news. And that is son of Auburn himself. Son of Auburn. Bo Nix will not be returning to the Tigers for his senior season. He has decided to enter the transfer portal and is going to take his – Skill set? Talents. talents. Somewhere else. We can say talents. It's He's talent. a D1 quarterback. Yeah. He is, a D, is he the best? No. But is he 100% a D1 quarterback? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Of no. course. He, he deserves to play in Division One, And He's, he deserves to win something. He deserves to win something. Yes. So, well, yeah. guess what? Well, he won the first game of the year. Congratulations. He won the second game of the year. I can't believe this guy. He won the fourth game of the year. Hey, he won the... He did beat Oregon. That was that was amazing. That was he, a big dub. That was hey, a big dub. Shout out Seth Williams for doing most of that work. That's nice. Anyways, Relax. so guys, <laughs> Relax. big news coming out is that Bonitz will not be returning. And the thing is, a lot of people saw this coming, especially when he wouldn't give a straight answer to uh, CBS during the Iron Bowl, yeah. which I get it. The big problem I'm having 
with this whole thing. I don't know if all, if y'all have watched watched his full video to his announcement. He said a lot of things in his uh, video announcement that I didn't really like how the tone of how he said it. Um, so he said that he'd be entering his name in the transfer portal, saying that he's made a lot of decisions for Auburn, and now it's time to make the decision for himself. Cap. Now, I will say this is definitely a decision for himself. Didn't we talk? Okay, let's throw it back a little bit, like a couple weeks. So when the Iron Bowl happened, or was it the Iron Bowl, or maybe it was a, the game that he got hurt, we talked about Bo Nix leaving, right? Did we talk about that? I don't think we have. I feel like we did. Do you remember we this, may Josh? have. We may have we mentioned it. It vaguely sounds familiar. We may have mentioned it, but I don't know I if like we, we talked, talked ad, ad yeah. nauseum. Yeah, yeah. We I didn't talk about term. I feel like we like touched on it like, okay, Bo Nix leaves. It's because he's making a decision for himself. Yeah. And it won't be surprising if he does because that was in the news like directly after the game. But can yeah. we be honest? Go ahead. Bo Nix playing for Auburn is not – he's not doing them – a favor. I, I think it's a pretty like even deal. Like, yes, Auburn could use a quarterback of his caliber, but it's not impossible to find a quarterback that is superior to him. Oh yeah, no. I mean, he's not. I mean, Jared Stidham was better than him. There's been better quarterbacks the last few years that have came through. The thing that is so surprising about this is just because you know, growing up, you know, his dad. I also like to mention this. I had never even heard of his dad until Bo actually became the starting quarterback. And they're like, oh, yeah, Patrick Nitz was the starting quarterback. And so this whole narrative that it's such, you know. That he was a household name. such a household name, such a legacy name for Auburn. It's almost like in, you know, in 10 years, if, you know, Cam, one of Cam Newton's kids becomes a starting quarterback. Now, that would mean something. Or if, like, yeah. Pat Sullivan's or Bo Jackson's. But Patrick Nitz didn't really do that much for the Tigers scene as he was the quarterback 25, 26 years ago, and nobody can actually remember anything he actually did. You'd have to track down somebody that was really paying attention yeah, yeah. to Auburn football in that it era. Has to be, it has to be an old school be like, Auburn. Yeah, 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 no, I know, I know him. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I, I pay attention. 80s, 90s Auburn fan. Yeah, yeah. but here's the thing is that, so his family, you know, they think there's some, you know, a big Auburn family. They think they're royalty. His mom went on Instagram and made this huge post Big old comment section. And I took some notes. I, I mean, so I'm taking things out of context just because I don't have time to read the entire thing. Because it was a lot. But some of the things that she said that I found very funny, um, she said, it's no secret our family loves Auburn. Maybe too much. Oof. What, what does that mean? I think it means my son should have gone somewhere else where they're actually going to appreciate him. Well, she then says, yes, she, she yes. then says most QBs in Bo's situation would have chose would have chosen a school where they would have the best chance for individual success. Yes. yes. But Bo chose Auburn. Here's yes. where I disagree. Okay. I agree. I agree. But Bo, it's not like Bo had that many options or Bo was that elite of a quarterback where he could have gone to one of the other top tier, he could have gone to Georgia. He could have gone to Alabama. A to There's a 0.0% chance that Bo Nix got recruited by Alabama. Here's the thing. He may have gotten a, a letter in the mail. Bo Nix, no, if he goes serious. to one of those other schools, he doesn't start immediately. No. He's also not like – there's no family ties with it no. at all. He has to earn everything he gets. So, at best, he's starting by his sophomore year, maybe even his junior year. Yeah. And – the flaws that he's had in his game, granted, he's had some great moments, you know, being able to escape on his legs like the LSU game this past season, you know, what he was yeah. able to do. Really good stuff, but also some horrendous moments that were just absolutely atrocious to watch. It's like, the thing is, too, like with Gus, Gus was such so much of a player's coach, he was scared to bench the kid. The fact that Brian Harson, you know, 
was man enough to even bench him during that, what was it, Georgia State? Yeah. Is that who we played? Yeah, yeah, That we almost lost to? Yeah, and yeah. put in TJ Finley <laughs> to win that game. I mean, it, it's absolutely insane. So, acting like Bodes had all these options and he was doing Auburn a favor by going to them is absolutely absurd, in my opinion. Now, let's see what else she said. She said, it's now time for Bo to love himself more than he loves Auburn. That was that's a little that was a little rough reading that part. I I I have no problem with him leaving me Auburn. Yes, me neither. At this point, to to get to maybe go to a place where his talent will be a little bit more contrasted. Yeah, it, notice his his, his quarter his QB you know quality will be a little bit larger contrast yeah. compared to the rest of the team than it is at Auburn. Yeah. Um but all of this Yuhu stuff talking about how he is the second coming and he is, you know, the savior of Auburn and because Harson wasn't, you know, letting him do whatever he wants to do. I'm not buying all that. And that's what's crazy is that it came out that Patrick and Bo had a meeting with Harson this last week. And basically, they wanted some assurances with Harson, basically being like, "All right, so Bo is your starter. Bo is this, you know, Bo gets that." It's like, no, he he's going to compete like every other player. It's not it's not like when you you know you're in a fraternity and you, if you're a legacy, you just automatically get in and automatically have all this stuff. No, you have to. This is Division One. People pay. There's boosters pay pay a lot of money for this. Fans pay money to go to tickets. They're to get tickets to these games. Like there's a lot of money going into this. So no, the best players are going to play. We're not just going to give it to you. If it's Bo, which it probably would have been, then fine. Shout out coach Bone. The best player will play. The best yes. player will play. Yes. So it won't matter. The yes. fact that and yes. Josh when me and you talked about this earlier uh yesterday, we were talking about how Brian Harson's not from here, and they for, they forget that. They forget Brian Harson. He has Harson, no ties at all. And he doesn't excuse care, my bro. language, Brian Harson could give two f's about uh, you know what I don't even know what is Bo Nix's father's name Patrick Patrick Nix Patrick Nix and all that he has done for Auburn or even who Bo Nix is in the state of Alabama. Yeah, he and he could Auburn. care less. This is just the team that he was handed off from. Last season. Which, to be fair, is bang average. Bang average team, and he wants to, to be better. It's Doesn't an average matter. team, and he understands that coming to the SEC, average is not good enough. Average yeah. gets you four losses. Five just losses. just having a winning season is not good enough. Yes. You have to dominate in the SEC, especially if you're the coach for and Especially if you're not winning or dominating, you have to show some signs of life. Yeah. Like uh-huh. Arkansas did. I guess last season, even when they lost all those games, they were still competitive and showed some energy on defense yeah. and fire. And he knows that if he if he were to play ball and keep Bo Nix on the team and everything were go to crap and he were to lose his job, it's you know yeah, who's he's not, you know who's not about to cut him a check? Yeah. Patrick Nix. Yeah. Patrick Nix is not about to cut Brian Harson a ten million dollar check to do nothing. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I just find the whole situation is just weird to me. And I, I was listening to Cole Kubelik and Greg McElroy's uh, radio show this morning. And Cole Kubelik also played at Auburn. So he's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, he's partial to Auburn. He said this, you have to watch out these announcement videos and stuff that kids make. Pay attention to the amount of times they say me and I in them. And that's going to be very telling. Yeah. Because it's like when you look at it, Bose had problems the last three years. Like you would see him. 
getting into it with teammates on the sidelines, pouting at times, you know, when things aren't going great and different things like that. Whereas when you're the quarterback, first off, if you, you're an SEC quarterback, so you have aspirations to go to the NFL, yeah. scouts are watching everything, right? Everything. But when you are the quarterback, the starting quarterback of an SEC school especially, but just of any team, you ha- you've got to be the leader. Like, it is what it is. When you choose that position that you want to play, you're you're signing up. Hey, I I'm signing up to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And so you know there'd be you'd see videos last year of him and Seth Williams getting into it. See you know different things this year. Whenever he wouldn't, you know he'd overthrow a teammate and then he'd be yelling at them instead of just you know hey bro I overthrew you. So there's just a lot of things with Bo where it's like Bo acting this you know and his family acting all high and mighty. It's Really insane to me, and I don't get it. It's like this, Josh. I thought about it this way. It's like for a family that's, you know, gone to a church for like the last 30 years, right? Mm. And the pastor's been there for 30 years. Yeah, and then he decides to retire or whatever. Something happens. And so a new guy comes in. Well, they think just because, you know, they've been there for however many years that they're going to get special treatment, this, that, and the other. They sit on the front row and all this stuff. But then the pastor's like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to treat you any better than the rest of the congregation so this family they said they decide you know what i'm gonna get up i'm gonna leave i'm gonna go somewhere else and i'm gonna post about it all over facebook how much i love my new place that i go and this that the other that's what the nicks family is doing right now to auburn they've been there for years you know you have pictures of Bo going to the national championship game you have pictures of you know Bo sitting on the sidelines and yes, stuff like that as a very wee lad and so they're acting like just because you know they've been fans their whole life that Bo was owed something just because you were an infant and you sat on the sidelines at an Auburn game does not entitle you to you know four years of starting yeah no nah, bro that's a fantasy it's not reality that's the problem the Knicks family had this big old fantasy that Bo was going to lead him to a national championship and this legacy and all this other stuff it's just insane and if he was as good as they think that he is then hey that that may have been a possibility I'm sure if he was as good as he he said he would he was or everyone thinks he he should have been then I, maybe Harson would have played ball a little bit yeah because you know he, i mean he's the best player blah 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 yeah but he's not i feel like bo got fed a lot of lies as a kid bo had zero true people talking in his ear he had yeah. all yes men 100 percent of the time he had he had nobody being like hey bo um i'm gonna be honest with you you were you know you you were 35 passing percentage today and that sucks that's not that's not division that's not okay. one. That's not okay. So you know it, it was all hey man you did great. I will say it was all pats on the backs and attaboys. boys. I will say I do understand. I feel like I like I like I thought I said, but maybe I didn't. I do understand why Bo is leaving though. I do I like I do yeah. completely understand. Oh, yeah, I do completely understand. The team isn't as good as what we thought it would be. Obviously, um, Brian is about to be in the second year of rebuilding Auburn basically. Um, so next season is probably going to be even more rough. Um, and Bo Nix is a junior and he only has essentially two more seasons. Maybe if he does like a little graduate thing or whatever, um, as I thought he was transferring as a graduate. Okay. As it, graduate. okay so this as is his graduate. last season. So this is his last season. So he has to, if he does want to make it to the NFL, which I assume he does, he has to get to a better team with a better offensive line with better wide receivers. And Auburn yeah, is but, not it, but here's now. the thing, Walker, he goes to this team. He's not going to be automatically the starter because any of these yeah. teams that have this, they already have quarterbacks lined yes. up. They already have recruits lined up. Yes. But also, I, well, I don't know where he's going to go. He, people are saying UCF. 
Um, Bro, if, it, the things, if he went back to Gus, he would be insane because he by far had his best season under Harson than he did any of the two seasons under Gus. The and thing, he had better weapons with Gus, too. That's what's insane. The thing is... Is that that I think that's that might be the odds on favorite is you him go him and Tank going back to UCF. Yeah. I'm not totally sure. I don't know yeah, where well, he's going to go. Well, Tank, luckily, Tank is staying. Tank is staying. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's so official. Yeah, I know it was the first thing I heard was Bo Nix is entering the, the transfer. Bo portal. is acting like he's on the same wavelength as Tank talent wise. Okay, now no. Tank is a legit. That's the thing. That's Tank is legit. Tank that's could, a legit. Tank could have gone to any school. Any school in the country would have taken Tank. Regardless of where Tank Bigsby goes this next season, it's going to be Auburn because he already said. He's taken with Auburn. Yeah. But he could have gone anywhere in the United States and he would have been involved in the NFL draft probably the first two or three rounds. Yeah. If yeah, no, he's legit. To me, he's a legit first rounder. Oh, like legit. Like legit, legit. I um, think he'd have a big season. Bo Nix will be at the height, and I'm saying it here, and I know absolutely nothing. So <laughs> keep this for the record. Bo Nix will be stretching his talents. As far as they can go, if he can have a three or four year stint in the NFL as a backup quarterback, I think he'll. I he think will be he'll, stretching it as far as it'll he has go. to get. I think he'll have to get pretty lucky in terms of system and preseason football. Yeah, if he, you know. If he I mean, Stidham, who is a by far better quarterback with, than Bo is, career backup for New England. Well, that's he's going to be the career backup. It is what it is. But he's making and money, wonderful life, making yeah. money, and you don't really have to take that many snaps at no. all. No damage I, to your body? Shout out. If you're not going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL and you're not going to make the Hall of Fame, I would much rather spend that time being a backup quarterback. Yeah. It's great money. It's minimal effort. It's yeah. just it's the best. And here's the thing. like I get – and I maybe this is any loss in translation. I'm not that mad that Bo's leaving. I'm more mad how you know the response is like – How it's going down. How, how he did it, how his mom, how they're talking – what you hear went on actually behind the scenes. Because, like, here's the thing. I don't think Bo actually has a better, for real, better option. He really doesn't. He's already, he's in his hometown. Off the top of my head, his family. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, there's I nowhere, like, there's nowhere he's, he can go right now that's a better system, that's better anything for him that he's not going to have to compete. Because if he's looking for a place where he is guaranteed the starter, then, all right, you're either going FCS or you're going small, like, non power five. To me, I'm saying, like, if he does go power five, it's probably one of the worst teams in. In yeah. the conference. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing, too. The amount of quarterbacks that are in the portal right now that it's are crazy. way above Bo, it's insane. It's crazy. Absolutely insane. And, I, and it, I mean, for me, my final thought on this is that Bo really messed himself up for the future. Because here's the thing. Bo, like I just said, Max, he's going to get two or three years on a practice squad as a QB, and that was going to be it. But he stays, stays all four years at Auburn, graduates, you know, gets married, whatever, goes, does his two, three-year stint, and then he, he comes back. He can either he has like one of three options. He's either a he gets on the staff as an assistant coach and everyone loves him because he's a local guy. B he opens up a car dealership, Bo Nix, you know Toyota, whatever it is, you know, and Mercedes you know, Benz. And it, it's, He'd make back. He just puts his face on it, you know, former QB of the Auburn Tigers, and everyone loves him and forgets, you know, what his record actually was. But he was a local hometown guy. Or it's Bo Nix, the insurance agent. Former Auburn starting quarterback, State Farm. That's the thing. He stays. What well, if he, State Farm would have, you know, picked him up in a yeah, heartbeat? Yeah, that's the thing. If he would have done that, let's count double check. If he would have done that, he would have been fine. He would have been set. But now that he's left, 
Like his family, like they can't come back, bro. Because especially if he transfers out, if he tries to transfer to an SEC school, that would that be, man becomes oh such God. a villain. Oh my! If he tries goodness. to go to an SEC school, he becomes a villain. Imagine he goes to like either Vandy, M- Missouri, or Vandy, bro. That's what I was thinking. Imagine he goes there. Wow! He becomes or Kentucky, bro. He becomes public enemy number one. Some people are even saying like. Sneak it, trying to sneak in Ole Miss. I I've know. heard that. Seen, I don't I've think Lane is going to risk it on it. him. Yeah. I don't think. I think Lane can get. Lane can get. One I don't of the know. Bigger. Lane's kind of messy. I think no, 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 no. Lane can get a bigger named uh, quarterback in the portal than Bo. That's the thing. Lane could get someone bigger. Yeah, uh, no. Nah, if I would have saw what Ole Miss just did, top ten season. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to go to Ole Miss. I'm yeah. so but sorry. um, I will say, you know, Bo, have a good, have a good career. I don't know what you're going to do, hey. but have a good one, man. It's been it's been real. You you Good gave luck. me you you've had you've made me have a couple heart attacks. LSU game, that podcast was insane. Oh I'm still gosh. kind of shook about that. But you know, it's you, you been real. Some, it hasn't been real fun. It, it's been real. Those these past three years have been fun. I'll be honest, they've been fun. It's been a little frustrating. I have It's not all of it. Not all of it is your fault. Some of it is your fault. But fifty hey, at bro, least fifty one percent. No, I just here's the thing. Like that. His first year, if we would have had like a slightly better quarterback, we would have went to the national championship. With that defense, with that defense with Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson, we would have gone to the national title had we had a better quarterback. But also, like this past season, it's like I kind of understand why he left because our wide receivers were dropping literally everything. Oh, this line, pa- so. after this past season, oh, I, agree. I, I completely I agree. Understand. But like the, when you had Seth Williams That's and you true. had the weapons we had and yeah. the defense that we had too, you know what? Bo forgets you. I'm even more mad at you now that I actually remembered how bad. How good we could have been that season. Sheesh. That freshman quarterback vibe is kind of tough, man. I don't know. But I'm still kind of I'm, – I'm torn. I don't know if I'm – I'm definitely not mad, but I'm definitely not like – Here's the thing. I'm, I'm definitely not like the, the guy – the people on Twitter that are like, Bonix is the best thing since sliced bread. You this, guys should love him and all that stuff. Because I do love him, but he he was not – his talent is immense. Like, incredibly athletic for what he is. Can dual threat, all that stuff. Better system, he's probably a better player. Better offensive line, he's probably a better player. Better wide receivers, he definitely looks a lot better. But you can't deny the mistakes. I love him like Christ has taught us to love the church. There you go. And that's it. So that's been uh, our short segment uh, talking Bo Nix for 22 minutes and 34 seconds. Now, let's talk about something more interesting that we uh, got to see this past weekend. U- UFC, bro. Crazy, bro. Walter, we're not, we're not gonna put you on probation for this or whatever, because you know you had plans. It is what it is. But man, you, I missed out. You missed no, out. You Twitter was out. going crazy for hours, most of the time on a UFC fight night. So the way, if you're not familiar with how it works, you have early prelims, which is like four or five fights, mm-hmm. and then you have regular prelims, which is four or five fights, and then you hit the pay per view, and the pay per view is only five fights. And sometimes you get lucky and you get a, you know, a two title match double feature. I believe it's always at least like a super, super hype fight. Like, a, you know, somebody, you know, fighting a first contender who after that fight will, will have a title match. Yeah. Or it is a title match. They have enough titles that, you know, they can kind of keep a rotation of, yeah. of, of the title matches going. Um, but anyways... Most of the time, you know, like the last the last pay per view that Nick and I watched, it was I believe five for five with um, decisions. Oh from yeah, the no, judges. they went yeah they went and all rounds. It was 
awful. One or two <laughs> of those fights may have been kind of entertaining, but for the most part, it was it was just like it was them standing up and kind of you know kind of grappling a little bit, wrestling a little bit, but not really going in on anything. Mm-hmm. This last Saturday was the complete opposite. I don't know that one fight went to decision. Uh, they yeah, were, Dominic Cruz, that fight did. My, okay, my bad. One fight went to went to the cards, went to the judges. Every other fight was decided by either a uh, knockout or uh, uh, submission. Yeah. They might have all been by submission. I, I don't. I can't speak to that right uh, now. No, 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 no. no. Um, let's see. No, the no. first two. No, the yeah. first two weren't because first off, Sugar Sean O'Malley, our guy. Shout out, hey, fighter of the year. Fight, bro. I mean, he's the the unranked champion of the world. The unranked champion. Yeah, I believe it. There's no like, there's no more exciting fighter in like all of combat sports right now than Sugar Sean O'Malley. Like, you have to watch this guy fight. It is absolutely captivating to see what he does because. You, you can put him in there. Like, this last guy he fought was supposed to be just a grappler that was going to take him to the ground and was supposed to tear him up. That didn't happen. He never went down once. They didn't go to the ground one time during no. this fight. And so, just seeing him, like, didn't, at the end of the first round, getting that knockout, like, he – that man folded like a pretzel. He did. I oh did see, I saw the, I saw oh the replay or whatever. I mean, it was, like, it was a thing of beauty to see. I mean uh, – and what's funny is, too, the, the next fight that happened, uh, Garbrandt versus uh, – Tara France, Garbrandt, who was like the former uh, former champion of that weight division, one thirty five in twenty fourteen. Yeah, or twenty sixteen. <laughs> oh, was talking so much smack to Sean, being like, "All right, I guess you're next, bro." Dude, that next fight, Garbrandt got KO'd again at one twenty five. While he dropped ten pounds trying to take over that division because he kept getting knocked out in his old division. Mm-hmm. Dude. Got smacked again. I mean, I've never like that man was like flying all over the octagon, just bouncing off the cage, like getting smacked. It was rough. It was rough. It was rough to bro, watch. he was. Fighting. It was exciting for the for us bro, to watch, he, but Walker, it was rough for he was, him. He was five eight fighting a guy five four, and he got that five four guy was throwing him all five, over eight, the octagon. Fighting five four. It, wow, yeah, bro, it was a lot. Absolutely insane. So yeah, so that fight was exciting. The next fight, Dominic Cruz, legend of the sport. Hadn't won in a while. Shout out. But he uh, he put on – it went all three rounds. He got, he got beat up pretty good in the first round. But those next two rounds, he uh, – He came out swinging. He came out swinging. So, that was also fun to watch. And, and then, then it happened. Now, I'll be the first one to say. I said it no, no less than a dozen times leading up to this fight. Anytime I see Amanda Nunes, her name next to somebody, I always look at that second name and say – that poor girl because <laughs> she is about to get her world rocked she does not they these girls are not living in the era of um uh, what's her face uh ronda rousey ronda rousey where you could just walk in the ring get arm barred and you know 30 seconds later you you've just you You're know good. you've just made like fifty thousand dollars oh, no, no, however no. much it was no she gonna she gonna make you feel it yeah yeah, yeah. you're you're, gonna feel you're, it. you're, you're Put it this way, um, somebody's going to be staying up with you all night, and you're not going to be allowed to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she she makes you earn those paychecks. So I every single time, for good reason, since 2014, I've been saying, that poor girl. Yeah. That poor girl. Yeah. And last night I said it again. I said it no less than a dozen times. I looked at the uh, uh, Juliana Pena. Yeah. I said, that poor girl. 
Well, here's what was interesting with this fight, Walker, is I watched, so UFC does this thing where they kind of do this little docu-series throughout the week called UFC Embedded. And like each day, like they'll film like the day before with like each fighter, and then they'll put yeah. it out the next day. It's amazing how fast they can put it out. Shout out to the workers at UFC that do that, the video content creators. Bro, Giuliano Pena was putting in some freaking work day in and day out in Illinois. I mean, in the morning, middle of the day, at night. She was putting in work. And then they were cut to Amanda and she would be with her wife and her kid and like they would like be going out to Target going shopping and like she was being so chill like throughout the week you know maybe you can do a little light sparring here and there but like not at this point it's Amanda Nunez you know and it's not like three months out oh yeah no no, no it's it's the week of the fight it's the week of I, I can imagine if I'm a fighter guess where I'm not going the week of Target um anywhere I'm going to the gym <laughs> I, I might living, not leave. Li- the, yeah, I will living in the gym. I will buy like a little cot or an air mattress or something, and I will sleep in the corner of the gym, and I will wake up, and I will train, and I will go to sleep thinking about training. And the day before the fight or two days before, you, you, you calm down, chill. Chill it out. Yeah, you chill out because you have to cut weight. Yeah. Sorry. Nick's really fired up big, about this basketball know, game. Big part of the game. A lot of lots. Anyway. So we're watching this fight, and somebody looks over to me. Nick Nick looks over to me, and I say he, he says – uh, do you think this fight will get out of the first round? I think the first three. I said I was like, all right. I think this fight lasts three minutes. That he, was like that was he a said, talk I, round. and I said I think it'll get out of the first round, and it got out of the first round, and which was a ginormous surprise because they were swapping I mean, Gilea, punches. But Giuliano was taking uh, the, the the biggest punches from Amanda because Amanda was coming out swinging pretty she well. Was, she was eating. It, it was not. Um, Giuliana did not win this fight because. Amanda was going easy on her. No. Mm-hmm. She was winning this fight because she was able to take what uh, Amanda had to yeah. dish out. I mean, she was mm-hmm. taking kicks. She was taking, you know, jabs. She was she was eating some shots. I don't know that Amanda was in her best shape ever, but she was not in poor shape. No. So, uh, it gets out of the first round. I'm really fired up, and I say, I think it's going to end this round. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to end this round. Now, full disclosure. When I said that, I thought Amanda would end it, but, you know. That's not what happened. No. Um, they get, they get, I swear, it was some of the most entertaining fighting. It was just a brawl for about a minute and a half. Bro, I've never seen just women just like who are like also have some muscle on them too. Because normally like the last one, like third rows and whoever the. Uh, they're small. The Asian woman, they were like fighting at 115. They're so like, they're punching, but it's not much. It, this was at 135, bro. They were like, they, had some, they had some power. They in were punches, throwing for real. shots. And they were both eating them. They were Bro. both throwing them. <laughs> I mean, there's not really anyone blocking Bro. anything. And then, like, Juliana, like, started, probably got, like, two or three in a row that Amanda didn't respond to. And me and Josh looked at each other, and we, like, grabbed each other. We're like, Bro, there were, is this freaking happening right now? <laughs> Within the second round alone, I stood up, sat down, stood up, sat down, stood up, and grabbed Nick. We started jumping. We're like, <laughs> Yeah, no, this is when my Twitter is going insane. And she got a couple unanswered shots, got a hold of Amanda. Oh, Amanda fell down. That's what she, she dropped him there. And Amanda started kind of crawling. It was really weird. It was very strange. And she just jumped on her back and got her she in that guillotine. She jumped on her back. It was over with. And got rear, her in a guillotine. Choke. And we were both sitting here being like, oh my gosh. And there was a young lady sat exactly where you are who knows infinitely more about UFC jiu-jitsu oh, yeah. than either of us combined mm-hmm. 
infinite amount. And uh, she was like, it's not deep enough. She doesn't have enough time. It's not deep enough. And literally as she was saying that, Amanda was tapping out. Yeah, Amanda tapped. And we were like... And like, bro, seeing Joe, like hearing Joe Rogan, she tapped. She tapped. There, there was she a two-second pause for us, and we were like, "Wait!" Before we realized what had happened, happened yeah. Because she stood up, and we were like, "Like, what happened? What?" Because our brains could not compute that Amanda Nunes, in the, the second round, yeah, tapped to a guillotine, and she did. So shout out Julia Pena, Juliana Pena. It was an amazing fight. It Juliet, was an amazing also, just fight. to note, Juliana Pena, gorgeous, by Beautiful. the way. Beautiful. <laughs> In the wrong profession. Probably, like, I can see her more as a ring girl than actual yeah. fighter, but, you know. Amanda Nunes, you know, not not ugly, but very um, <clears throat> dominating, very masculine individual. Very scary individual. Uh, and I think <laughs> a lot of that's probably by, by choice, but, you know, Timonos Tomatoes. Juliana Pena, very beautiful young lady who's, 32 or something, whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, she was she crushed it. She crushed it. Um, so, yeah. So, that was the fourth fight. It's cool. Uh, it's like, it felt like we witnessed history, which is pretty oh, cool. Oh, we did witness it. It was... It was history. I have two UFC moments I'm so glad I got to witness. One of them being when Habib choked out Connor and then jumped over the, um, the wall and started beating up. Who was it? Uh, Dylan Danis. Dylan Danis. <laughs> That's um, I'm so glad I got to watch that. That was electric. I never thought I would ever witness something like that, but I did. If you've never seen it, go look it up. Habib, I have no idea. K-H-A-B-I-B. Habib Nurmagomedov versus Conor McGregor. That's it, a scary individual, actually. Do what? Habib's terrifying. He's terrifying. That dude, bro. So ter- yeah. He grew up wrestling, wrestling bears. Bears. That's how his father taught him how to wrestle. He wrestled bears. His life almost seems fake. Especially, oh, it's and, it, it only adds, and then it only adds because he's Russian. I can't wait for that movie to be made. For it's real. his the way he was raised is how like Marvel superheroes get yes, raised. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. he's Russian and Muslim, and he wrestles bears. So I need to know. Enough said. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that moment, and then the uh, um, Amanda Nunes getting getting tapped out. Yeah, tapping out. That was that was the the second moment. So. Yeah. But then we came to the whole reason we we really purchased the thing. The whole reason we really sat down and said, we are watching. Now, Nick and I, we watch most of these fight nights when we invite friends over. And it's just a good time in general. But there are, on occasion, there are fight nights that we, we really enjoy. And uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley being on the pay-per-view was, was one of the reasons. But a second humongous reason was the diamond, Dustin well, it was the lightweight title of the world, which is the lightweight huge. title of the world. Humongous fight, fighting. Uh, was it Oliveira? Charles Oliveira? Charles Dubronx Oliveira? Charles Dubronx Oliveira out of uh, Brazil. I have no idea what part of Brazil, but Brazil. It was a big talk about that. It was a big United States versus Brazil. Fight. Oh, the whole night was crazy. The entire they the interpreter that they had for uh, uh, Portuguese, mm-hmm. which hey, shout out if you don't know. In Brazil, they don't speak Brazilian. They don't speak Spanish. They speak Portuguese. If you don't know, now you know. Shout out. Uh, it's what they speak in Portugal. Speak in Portugal, if you didn't know. Uh, but, yeah, they had a guy that, that spoke por- Portuguese. He was working overtime the whole night. It was crazy. Um, but, yeah, so they, they fought. I thought the, the, the money was on uh, Dustin, the Diamond Poirier, and uh, 
it did not it did not pan out. Nick, would you like to give the the rundown on the fight? Yeah, I mean the thing is, it's so in May, Charles Oliveira fought Mike Chandler for the lightweight title, and Mike Chandler came out swinging in the first round. Getting several times, Charles we thought was about to get knocked out, and he was able to scramble and survive. And, but he was beat up, like very bloody going into that second round. But for whatever reason, when it comes to the second round, Charles Oliveira is able to switch gears. Where And the competitors, they're just not expecting it. And the same thing happened on Saturday night. Dustin landing some incredible shots on Charles. Think, we, like, there's a couple times we thought it wasn't going to get out of the first round. And there's no way he was able to run the last into the second round. But once the second round came, I mean, he was able to get – he is a phenomenal phenomenal grappler. He was able to get Dustin on the ground, and he started just administering pain and shot after shot onto Dustin. Very yeah. surprised that Dustin was able to actually get out of the second round. Yeah, they were able to box a little bit in the first round. That was that was really, really good for both of them. Um, but the second round, it was super early. It was like within the first 45 seconds. He was on top of him. So it was four, it was like three and a half to four minutes of Charles Oliveira sitting on top of Dustin Poirier, just just here and there, just getting him. Boom. Not, no, no serious shots. No, he was controlling the entire yeah, thing. Yeah. So that, that was great for him. So he definitely won the round because of that. Uh, no serious shots, but enough to like make a, a big enough gap between where. He was super, super fresh and super, super feeling good going into that third round, and and Dustin was was done. So yeah. he was he was he had been beat up. He had been tired out. You know, having to to deal with all this, it was it was rough. Yeah, it was rough. Then going into that third round, probably. I mean, they traded punch for about twenty seconds, and then he uh, Charles somehow got on his back. I don't know how he got on Dustin's back, but he did. Got him in that rear naked choke, and there was literally nothing Dustin could do at that point. He held off as long as it, he. And when I say he jumped on his back, he was. Dustin was on his feet. Dustin was standing. Dustin was standing up. It was one of those situations where he was standing up, kind of leaning against the fence a little bit, and Oliveira was was on his back, just sinking it in. Every second that passed was another, like just a little bit that Charles Oliveira was able to sink in. That, that choke and eventually it came to a point to where you know he I mean the man can't hold his breath for for four and a half minutes no so eventually he had to he had to tap out and, and it was a it was a huge moment um unfortunately the boy Dustin the Diamond Poirier uh did not win uh shout out to Charles Oliveira definitely he, he earned it he definitely earned point, it at this point he like because a lot of people were like all right maybe Chandler didn't deserve uh, title fight, his second fight into the UFC, and Oliveira just, you know, he was just holding it, waiting for the whoever the winner of Connor and Dustin three was going to be, was going to end up fighting him. I mean, here's the thing. He, and a lot of people said this, he doesn't have that many flaws in his game, other than the fact that, you know, the first round, he just, bro, he just takes shots, bro. That he doesn't necessarily have to. Yeah. But, um, I mean, here's the thing. So the next fight is undoubtedly going to be like Dan already said it's going to be Justin Gaethje is going to be the next fight. That is my so my boys in the UFC include Sugar Sean O'Malley yep. number one first and foremost, and then Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier. Yeah, hard seconds. Shout out Thug Rose, she's in there as well. Yeah. Uh, so anytime any of them are are on the card, I, I'm watching. But I am 
incredibly, incredibly, incredibly curious to watch this uh, Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje. Well, the thing is, I mean, if Justin wants to win, he has to take him out in the first round. Because I don't think – I mean, he just has to give him shots. Like, basically do what what Dustin, what Mike did in those first rounds, but actually finish the job because they weren't able to finish the deal. Like, they were able to let Charles escape out of that first round without, you know, getting KO'd. So, I mean, if he can do that, then, yeah, he's the he's going to be the lightweight champion. But I don't, you know – Justin cannot grapple, like, hardly at all. So, if – if it turns into that match, like it's Charles is going to make him tap faster than Habib did. If it goes to grappling, it's a hundred percent Charles is going to win. If it goes, if it stays on the feet, I I have a hard time believing that that Justin Gaethje loses that fight. Yeah, but that's just me. I don't know anything. Um, but yeah. So anything else you you got you got on the UFC? No, just absolutely amazing card. One of the best fight nights I've seen, top to bottom. From what I understand, right. that was one of the better ones in recent history. Bro, I mean, it, oh, absolutely. Like we were able to enjoy the entire night, and I was here for five and a half hours, and yeah. I enjoyed the entire card. Yeah. Yeah. Every single fight had a moment where everyone kind of stopped and was like watching and paying attention, mm-hmm. paying attention. So, yeah, amazing night. Um, uh, kind of, <laughs> we're forty-one minutes in. Yeah. yeah, not sports news. Uh, and do we have anything else after this? You got another another topic? I, you it you depends on what you're about to say. There you I'm go. about to bring up the uh, the Peloton story. Oh yeah, we had another thing. If you read, the we'll bring text. it up. We'll <laughs> hey, we'll bring up the Peloton story later. I, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't figured out by now, this is a sports episode. It's just oh. a big. It's been a big week. Okay, it has. It's yeah. been a ginormous weekend. It's that one weekend in the year where everything can move and shake. And and it is what it is. So yeah. so, but something that just happened that I don't think anyone thought would happen at the end of this year, and Walker, we're gonna swing it over to you to let you mm-hmm. talk about this. Was this Kanye West Drake concert? Oh uh, yes, 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 yes. Which yes. is this is like it happened right after we recorded an episode last yeah. week, and we haven't really been able to talk about it. So Walker, how did this happen? And I mean, first off, Kanye was able to get himself a dub, which he. Kanye's been taking L's recently, if we're being honest. We ha- yeah. I'm a big okay. like, I like Kanye. He's been taking a couple of L's. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. He was able to get a dub out, out of this one. So yeah. kind of explain what was going on with that. Okay, so Kanye and Drake, uh, obviously a couple, like a week or two ago. Um, I guess it was a week or two ago. They went on Instagram together, posted a little picture. Right. Uh, Kanye posted a picture. Well, I guess they both posted a picture, whatever. Beef has been squashed. Cool. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Everybody's like, do we know why? The beef was originally about how Drake talked about how he supposedly did things with Kim, and Kanye found that very disrespectful. Obviously, okay. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What there was a song, yeah, there was he, a song, he, yeah. There was a bar in the song where it could have been misconstrued or adequate, adequately construed. Yes, uh, that he had, you know. <clears throat> yes, 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 yes. In the biblical sense, done things with Kim Kardashian. Yes, his wife. Um, his wife. But basically, Kanye found it very disrespectful. After, I can imagine. After a while, they Kanye like he did a, a podcast with a podcast that we will not name. Uh, and he no said, shout outs. "Yeah," and he said that basically he put in a group chat Drake, a couple other guys, and he was just like, "Bro, we gotta we gotta do something about this." Right. So they met up in Toronto and beef is squashed. Cool, cool, cool. Like you said last week, uh, we did a podcast, and like literally a couple hours later. 
Amazon Prime Music or whatever like puts out this ad that's like free Larry Hoover event, Kanye West and Drake, and everything like what everybody's like, what the heck, what's going on? Most people, some people are kind of messing around and saying, you know, collab album between Kanye and Drake. That's actually not going to happen. But what is going to happen is this concert. And it was honestly, I'm not going to lie, it was cool. It was pretty cool. Um, Do you know uh, some of the people that were there other than Kanye and Drake? Or was it ju- was it just them? I think it was just them. Uh, then Kanye just did uh, did Rolling Loud California uh, right. uh, this past weekend. So he brought out some people there. But for this, it was just Drake and Kanye, I do believe. Um, I just watched the highlights of it. Um, yeah, I attempted to try to go back and watch the whole two and a half hour concert. I got five hard, minutes dude. in. I was like, there's no way. I'll it's hard. Do this. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, Kanye is a great performer, first off. Um, and it looks like they just had, I mean, it looks like it was chill. It looks like they both made a lot of money for it, Larry Hoover. It um, seemed like, yeah. well, the idea was that Kanye was going to do some songs off Donda. Yeah. Drake was going to do some songs off Certified Lover Boy. And Kanye was like, hold on. I have the opportunity to basically just, you know, basically make this a versus type yeah. thing. And he decided, he brought out all Everything, of all the, the hits. hits. All the hits. And you know what? I respect it. Kanye is better than <laughs> Kanye is better than Drake. I'll stand on this mountain until I die, honestly. I will say you're put in a situation like this. Any any sort of musical thing you're doing, you know, you're doing an event for a, a cause or whatever. You're not it's not a tour. You're not doing a tour, you're not doing a music festival. It's an event like this. This is your opportunity to play the hits. And you just bring out all the hits and you play them and I don't think anyone has more hits than Kanye West. Which is saying something because Drake Re- is... In recent history. Because Drake is that guy. He's that guy? Yeah. But Kanye is even more, to me, even more so that guy. Um, but this was for Larry Hoover. I don't know if you guys know Larry Hoover's story. Basically, Larry Hoover is a former um, gang leader or whatever, and he was convicted. Um, and basically, his son, Larry Hoover Jr., is trying to get his dad freed because the people that were basically convicted of the same crimes around his age were let free many years ago. Um, and basically he's just trying to free his dad and trying to get his name out there, stuff like that, which is understandable. I've heard the name before, so yeah. I think if Joshua Robinson has heard of your name, it's you're, yeah. you're doing the correct yeah. marketing yeah, scheme. Yeah, yeah. I just need to put that out there. So why, yeah. do you think, why do you think of Drake supposedly uh, or reportedly taking his name, taking Certified Lover Boy out of Album of the Year combos at the Grammys. Basically, I think the idea is maybe like if he takes it out, then definitely Donda will win as far as Album of the Year for hip hop at the Grammys. Do you think he's kind of trying to, you know, extend an olive branch to Kanye with that? Do you think, what, what do you think of the move? I think it's a mix of all that. Maybe it's olive branch. Uh, Kanye also, look, I'm not going to say he deserves it, but he should definitely be nominated. Um, also Drake has as many Grammys as we have. I don't even know. He has more Grammys than anything we have, honestly. Um, so he can get a Grammy, the next album, whatever he puts out. Um, but maybe it is an olive branch. Also, Kanye really does believe that he, well, obviously it's Kanye, but he deserves, he thinks that he deserves album of the year, let alone hip hop album of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I feel like, you know, with Drake, it, Drake's almost, it's, is it weird to say Drake is more mainstream? Yes, yeah. No, no, it's not weird. Like, no, it's he more, is. Like, it's more socially acceptable to say that you think Drake is better. Yes, of course, yeah. So, whereas people that don't actually listen to the music or anything, they're just like, oh, yeah, no, Team Drake, for real. Yeah. And this beef. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's my perspective. I mean, I think people, yeah, people, if I, the amount of people that have Drake as their most listened to artist this year, which is, you know, Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff, is probably infinitely more than Kanye West because I was one of those people that had Drake as my most listened to. But number like three for me was Kanye West. Yeah. Uh, but my most played album was Donda. So shout out. There you go. <laughs> shout out. All right, Josh. Peloton story to end this podcast. Peloton story to end this basically going on in uh, 50 minutes. So uh, I'm going to make it quick. It, wild story. Wild story. So I've never watched the movie or this is it a movie or a TV show? Sex it's in the TV City. Show. It's both. I'm, I'm pretty I sure think I'm pretty sure it's both. Well, I think it is it both? I think there's two or three feature films, and there's a TV show. I've never watched one second of it intentionally. Maybe like flipping through channels, but I've never. I've never watched. I've never been like you know what I'm gonna watch. Sex in the City. I've never even. I never. I don't even know the characters in the show. I just know that uh, what's her name, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. I just know that she's like the main character. Anyways, there's a guy who is named Mr. Big, okay, and there's a new HBO series called, and just like that, I believe, if I'm correct. Um, now, I- if you're familiar with the Sex and the City uh, franchise, it's a big franchise with, uh, you know, I think, like, middle-aged women, I think. Yeah, it's, I, know it's a lot of, of, I know a lot of older, well, I guess, above 35-year-old women that like yeah, that show. Yeah, that's exactly, the same kind of, some some of the kind, kind of women, there's a lot of crossover between Hallmark women and Sex in the City women, I think. <laughs> so, oh, in this series, they kick it off. First episode, for the very first episode, there's a guy named Mr. Big. He's an older guy. Apparently, he's dating Sarah Jessica Parker's. Um, he's been dating her for a while, her her character for, for quite some time. He's going on his 1,000th Peloton ride. I don't know if y'all know about the Peloton uh, universe, but it's a cult. It really and is. And if you go on X amount of rides... You get a shout-out from your instructor. So he is sitting there. He's doing the ride. He gets a shout-out from his instructor. Boom. Awesome. The 45-minute ride ends. He swing. He unclips his shoe because you have to clip in like you're actually, you know, in the Tour de France. He steps down, and he has a heart attack. And guess what? Spoiler alert. The man is dead. D-E-D. Dead. Dead. He gone. And they make sure to mention that he died on a Peloton the rest of the show. Apparently, it gets mentioned like 13 or 14 times. How much do you think they actually paid Peloton to be able to use the so, name Peloton? So, from what I understand, there are two ways that you can use uh, a like like a um, a brand name. You can either, it can either be through a, uh, Peloton can pay you and be like, hey, we want to be the, we want to be the bike that he, he uses in the show. Right. Another way, if you're like, the way the writer wrote this is he wrote Peloton, so we're going to see if we can get Peloton to be in the script and, and, and agree to it. How many times have you um, said Peloton already? Most of the time, I've said like seven or eight. Peloton. Peloton. Uh, and this is to be honest, if Peloton gave us, if they wanted to sponsor us, yes. I think every single person here would take a Peloton. I would love a Peloton yeah. bike. I'm not, Peloton. I'm not turn, turning down a Peloton bike. Why not? Anyways... Um, so the second way that it can happen is you can reach out as like a you know a studio you can reach out to a specific brand and be like hey we would like your permission to use your brand name in this show ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time 
the the brain will say, let us review the script and then we'll get back with you. Uh, I guess it, they weren't allowed to review the script on this one. I guess not because uh, it was Else. ginormous news that it would be. It would basically be the same thing as like the Bachelorette being like, "Hey, uh, we the Bachelor who proposes to so and so is going to you know wear this. Can we can we get this you know promoter or whatever? Yeah. But you have to like they would be like, well, can we review the tape and like review what's going on yeah. before we give our our sign off." It would be an absolute not because it's like a big secret. So the same thing with, and that just happened, um, the spinoff of Sex in the City. They they were unable to review specific parts of the show because it would reveal that this character had died, and that was like big news. It was big, a big deal. So Peloton kind of went in blind, assuming that they would have the best intentions. The Sex in the City franchise had zero. Of the best intentions. And they mentioned that the guy died on a Peloton so many times that the day the the episode aired, or the day after the episode aired, the Peloton stock dropped, I believe it was 14 points. So 14%. That's a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Yikes. That is a ton. A you don't love to see that. So much so that on the flip side of it, the doctor that works for Peloton allegedly had to come out and be like, no, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we can assure you that if you ride a Peloton, it is better for your cardiovascular health than not. So don't like you're not don't think that if you ride this thing for 45 minutes, you're going to die. So are they able to put like a lawsuit out against Sex in the City for that? I don't know because they gave them permission to use it. But okay. on the flip side, they they really kind of defame the name. Um, another another deal is they had the main character or the guy that died, not the main character, that Mr. Big. I have no idea what his real name is. Um, they had him in a Peloton commercial that dropped like legitimately four days later. So talk about a quick turnaround. They did the same thing with um, a character from This Is Us when he died because a crock pot was le- left on and it caused a, uh, like a fire uh-huh. in the house. Was so it a spe- s- 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 <coughs> specific type of crock pot? Pacific. Uh, no, just I know how to speak English. Just the brand crock pot or whatever. They went back and did a, a commercial with, and he was like, no, crock pots are safe to use. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Time out. You mean to tell me that crock pot is in the same echelon as like Kleenex or Germax? I think so. Where, sure. where when we say the name of a brand, it is not actually the name of the brand like like we have we have superimposed the name of the brand over uh, you mean to tell me that there is a crock pot brand yeah yeah <laughs> www.crock-pot.com crock-pot <laughs> that sounds kind of dirty wow okay jo- this is just josh is dumb uh at this segment of the show wow okay so <laughs> So same same thing happened. They they released a, a commercial where he's like it had Ryan Reynolds narrating. A lot of money had to be dropped into this commercial to 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 make amends, but I'm sure it was less money than money that the company had lost through through stocks. Um, but yeah, so shout out Sex in the City. Shout out this. Uh, I will say and that just happened when you look up Sex in the City on Google. Second thing you see, who died on the Peloton? <laughs> Sex in the City. <laughs> who died on the Peloton? So. Oh man. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, that's crazy. Sh- hey, Peloton, give us you shout know, out. Give we'll, also, we'll do you right. We won't die on it. Before we uh, end the show, I'd just like to give a quick uh, notice. We won't have a Friday morning episode releasing because 
Your boys are going to the premiere of Spider-Man on Thursday night. Not like the big, not like the Capitol well, the, P the, premiere. The big one happened last night. But the one around us. Yeah, yeah no, it's the, big. The one that we can afford. It's a big deal. The one North, that we, it is a big deal. North Alabama is a sizable area. Yes, 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 yes. I'm not saying it isn't. Uh, it's not the biggest theater that is going to be premiering this, but guess what? It's, well, not it's the, the biggest theater in the Cater that's going to premiere. Josh, actually, and we're going to the uh, <clears throat> sorry, the Big D. Still not. I still super. I not, can't. I don't like it. Not great marketing, right? At all. Nobody, nobody in any of the board meetings was like the Big D. No one's. No one raised. No intern raised their hand and been nope. like. I think that we should avoid the, that name. I think we should avoid Big D's. Nobody said that. Water turn, ladies. <laughs> Any, anyways, uh, it, it it has a lot of seating, so it might be one of the bigger theaters. You know, I mean, it'll be better seats, more comfortable. Might be top one hundred. So, yeah. I mean, also, yeah. anyways, we're going to see that. I will. I will say, I think it's probably going to be the biggest opening of a Marvel movie since Endgame. Oh, for sure. And absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. It might be on the same level. I think, bro. How it's it, hyped it up be. to be, I think it will. So, anyways, we're gonna give also, y'all. Let me throw this in there. The opening, the first reviews coming from Spider-Man, from Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that, from the critics, they're all really good, like really good, like perfect score type of good. Sheesh. From the critics? From the critics. Oh, Sheesh. I, so that just made, so when I saw that this morning, I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. So really I'm excited. For, really in for something. I am excited about that. I'm sure. fired up about it. So, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's going to be us so, on Thursday. Uh, we'll give you all the complete rundown. One week from yeah. from today, so I guess it's uh it's groveling time. Oh yes, it is groveling time, ladies and gentlemen. That has been another episode of the Goat Podcast. Please, 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 with all of our hearts and desires, tell your friends about the show. Tell your cousins, tell your aunties, tell your uncles. Please tell everybody if you got a guy in your life that loves sports, if you got a gal in your life that loves sports, uh, that wants to to listen to some yoo-hoos and either have com uh, uh, uh comments and and uh, thoughts that they agree with. Or somebody to be mad at. We will be those people. We are more than welcome to be those people. Uh, give us a shout out. Uh, please, um, you know, like and subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate all that. It helps the algorithm. Um, that's all the groveling I'm going to do on this episode to, in, in an attempt to keep us shy of one hour long. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've been your host, Josh Robinson. I've been Walker Kirk. And this has been Nick Ford. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.